This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. The UAW Sean Fain is making contract demands that GM, Ford, and Stellantis have never seen before. He wants a 32-hour work week, full pensions, cost of living allowances, and a 46% pay raise over the four years of the next contract, just to name a few of his demands. But it's a smart negotiating strategy. He's putting everything on the table so he has as many bargaining chips as possible. But it could also put the Detroit 3 at a competitive disadvantage. Each one of the automakers spends over $6 billion a year on UAW labor. If the union got everything that it wanted, it would likely push that to over $10 billion a year per company. And if they're not cost competitive with non-union automakers, they could end up losing sales and market share that would then threaten those UAW jobs. Yesterday, we reported on the progress that Nikola is making. Today, we learn that it's getting a new CEO. Michael Loescheller is stepping down as president and CEO immediately due to a family health matter and will be returning to Europe. He'll stay on as an advisor until the end of September. Replacing him is Steve Gursky, who's been the chairman of Nikola's board since 2020 and previously held a number of positions at General Motors. Before he went to GM, Gursky was one of the top auto analysts on Wall Street. And EV startup Rivian is adding a board member with tons of automotive experience. John Kraftcheck, who was most recently the CEO of Waymo, will take a seat in the boardroom. He was also the CEO at Hyundai Motor America and served as president of TrueCar after that. Before that, he worked in product development at Ford and he was a key researcher at MIT who worked on the book, The Machine That Changed the World, which triggered the move to lean production amongst manufacturers in the United States. We've reported on how China became the biggest exporter of vehicles this year, and now car imports to China are plunging. In 2017, China imported nearly 1.3 million vehicles. Last year, that dropped to 880,000 units, and in the first half of this year, It was only 338,000, a 23% drop. Part of the reason is more automakers have moved production to China. Another is that the government is really incentivizing EVs. And just about no one exports EVs to China. Over half the imports are SUVs, and 90% of them are from luxury brands, which suggests that Mercedes, BMW, and Audi are losing the most. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing. Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. Fisker is walking a fine line. The EV startup cut its production forecast again for the year, this time by 12,000 units to 20 to 23,000 vehicles. Fisker puts the blame on a supplier that needs more time to ramp up. But it's still going to be hard to meet its updated forecast. In the second quarter, it only made a little more than 1,000 Ocean SUVs, which brought in $825,000 in revenue. It lost almost $88 million in its operations, 
about the same that it lost a year ago, but that was 38% lower compared to the first quarter. Its net loss was $85 million. And yet, despite its production struggles, Fisker is revealing and taking orders for new product, which is that fine line we were talking about. It finally showed a physical prototype of the pair, which will be built on an all-new platform by Foxconn at the Lordstown plant in Ohio. Fisker has pushed back production from 2024 until the middle of 2025, but says it will still keep its sub-$30,000 price tag. However, that's most likely with incentives. It also showed off an off-road focus version of the Ocean, a small pickup truck based on the same platform as the Ocean, and a sports car called the Ronin. The truck, called the Alaska, is projected to have 230 to 340 miles, or 370 to 547 kilometers of range, come out in 2025, and have a $45,000 price tag before incentives. The Ronin is a four-door carbon fiber hardtop convertible that could have 600 miles or 965 kilometers of range, over a thousand horsepower, and do zero to 60 miles an hour in roughly two seconds. These are ambitious goals for sure, but Wall Street in general still has a positive outlook on Fisker, with its shares up more than 2% in pre-market trading. Toyota wants to get into the robo-taxi business in China. Back in 2019, it formed a partnership with Chinese self-driving startup Pony AI to develop AVs. And now the two of them are expanding that partnership to mass-produce and deploy robo-taxis in China, along with Toyota's joint venture partner, GAC. They'll invest $140 million into the new venture, and Pony AI's AV technology will be integrated into vehicles based on Toyota's EV platform. Pony AI has already launched robo-taxi services in four cities in China, but no time frame was given on when we'll see the ones from Toyota. And more good news from the supplier community. Yesterday, we reported strong financial earnings from Aptiv and BorgWarner, and today it's Magnus' turn. The giant Canadian supplier reported that its revenue shot up more than 17% to $10.9 billion. That's in U.S. dollars. It made $483 million in its operating profits versus a loss of $88 million a year ago. And it made a net profit of $321 million versus last year's loss of $341 million. Those are significant turnarounds, largely thanks to the chip shortage starting to ease up and automakers making more vehicles. Here's an interesting update on the new Mercedes CLA that we showed you a teaser of the other day. Reports out of Europe say that Mercedes developed the vehicle's plug-in hybrid powertrain and that Geely will produce it in China. But Gasku reports that Geely was involved in the development of the car and that the PHEV is Geely's new generation system. Hopefully, we'll learn more when the new CLA debuts in September. But it would be a milestone and a sign of how the industry is changing if the system is Geely's. And one other thing to note about the CLA, it will be available with a number of powertrains, including pure battery electric. The Ford Maverick might be getting some competition, but will it be too late? 
Automotive News reports that Toyota is considering making a Corolla-based pickup truck, which would be built in the U.S., and that way it wouldn't be hit with the 25% import tariff that normally gets slapped on pickups. But a vehicle like this wouldn't be expected to hit the market until 2027. And that brings us to the end of today's show and this week. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope that you have a great weekend. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. Scheffler, we pioneer motion. And by Tajin Automotive Technologies, the formula for better mobility. Scheffler, we pioneer motion. Electrifying mobility. Manufacturing smarter. Reducing CO2 emissions. Making energy production clean. Scheffler pioneers motion to advance how the world moves. At Tejin Automotive Technologies, we combine world-class composite materials expertise with cutting-edge designs. Because frankly, there are better ways to lightweight vehicles. So lighten up with Tejin Automotive Technologies, the formula for better mobility. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.